Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You are about to listen to an episode of the Audio Signals Podcast with Marco Cipelli. In this new season, Audio Signals is repositioning its antennas, focusing not just on the stories, but on the storytellers. In our modern hybrid analog digital society, the art of storytelling has never been more vital or displayed such a diverse array of forms. Recognizing this, our conversations will spotlight the narrators, providing a unique exploration into the minds behind the narratives. From authors to podcasters, visual artists to songwriters, and everything in between, we will engage with all who contribute to this extraordinary tapestry of human experience. We are all made of stories, after all. Marco. I'm listening. Marco. I'm listening. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I can hear you. Can I talk? No. Listen. Okay. Go. Now talk. Okay. Oh, wait, listen. Talk. No. <laughs> you know, you know what is interesting? We do podcasts and you know, I love radio. Uh, I'm going to start talking here. Right. And uh, right. a famous uh, anchor man, uh, a radio personality, I think back from the 60s, he said a radio is made of two things. It's sound and silence. Mm. And he meant that sometimes you have to just shut up <laughs> and listen and create those pauses so that people can listen and in between the music. So why are we talking about this? Because we have a guest. The people that are watching us, they know there is a guest. There is a name there, Christine Miles. And the people listening, now they know. So there is a guest. And uh, to prove that we are not lying, hi, Christine, how are you? How are you? <laughs> you did a great job oh, listening to us mess around. <laughs> That's my favorite part already. <laughs> you're, you're a good listener, I can tell already. That's right. So, jokes apart, uh, the book, mm-hmm. what is it costing you not to listen the power of understanding to connect, influence, solve, and sell. And this could be like, oh, we're talking about product. Mm, we're talking about you, <laughs> people, and everything connected to it. So, Sean, can you listen? Are you in the mood to listen? Or, or I'm like... totally in the mood to listen. And I, yeah, I already have like 100 questions in my head. We'll see how <laughs> many I can get through uh, and, and thoughts. Okay. I, I, want, I want other people to listen to. Because exactly. together, the conversation, we, uh, we get people to think. Um, yeah, I mean, just, just the other day, to just tell a little story, I, I, I was walking down the street, and there were kids playing with two cans with the string no between them. Do you remember that? Time machine. Right? <laughs> and as we were kind of messing around in, in, in the intro here, I was picturing these kids where, what are they doing? They were listening really hard in, the, in that can to hear what's coming through from the other side, right? They're tuning out everything else to listen wow. to what's coming through that can. So that's what I was picturing as we were kind of bantering back and forth here. That's really cool. So let's put the can to our ears <laughs> and let's let's listen. And uh, let's start with uh, Christine introducing yes. yourself, who you are, and uh, why did you wrote this book? Yeah, well, as you said, I am here. I do exist for the for the audio folks. Uh, yeah, so I'm Christine Miles. Um, I'm from Hershey, Pennsylvania, for anybody who knows Chocolate Town, USA. 
I smelled more manure than chocolate growing up because I lived just 10 minutes outside the town, very rural. And pretty idyllic childhood in most respects. Uh, played a lot of sports, a lot of outside play. I was the kid holding the can or kicking the can. Remember kick the can? That was one of my favorite things. But, uh, you know, there's one part of the story for me and how I got into the business of listening is that I was really expected as well as taught to listen as a child. I can remember as early as five, my first conscious or awareness listening moment, largely due to my mother, who, um, while she was very warm and loving and many wonderful things, she suffered from mental illness stemming from the loss of her mother um, from childbirth. So there was a very dichotomous spirit, this beautiful woman who lit up the room and was exuberant and an amazing listener, by the way, but also felt very unseen and a lot of pain. So my job was really to understand the pain below the surface that we're all faking it to some degree. <laughs> we all have that story. Hers was pretty profound. Uh, and so, you know, I learned this skill very young and it became evident as early as high school that I was overachieving in anything I was successful in because I had the ability to understand things that were beyond my years and scope and in a way that most people didn't through listening. So all my career, my athletic career, my academic career, my professional career, any success I've had, it's been the single thread. As I've worked in businesses for the last three decades, it's also why I've seen leaders fail, projects fail, businesses fail, marriages fail, because people feel they're not listened to and it's death by a thousand cuts. We don't, it's not a gaping wound. You don't just go in and injure somebody really fast when you don't listen, but it adds up pretty quickly. And uh, so that's the problem that I set out to solve in, in the business that I developed and the book to really create more awareness so that we can create a movement where listening is regarded really as the most powerful form of communication. And we spend time and resource on educating not only adults, but kids. That's really, that's really what drives me is to, to scale how, how aware people are that this is a need. So I'm going to ask this question to kind of kick things off. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to assume that we have to change the way we think about listening, maybe even our, our definition of listening. Um, so actually I'm going to stop my question and I'm going to ask you, what is the definition of listening? Cause maybe that, that's necessary uh, to, to kick this off. Well, I, I love that you're starting there. Most people don't, so thank you. Um, yeah, so there's a couple things. I think we're, because we're told to listen and not taught, we don't really have a paradigm of what it's supposed to look like. So there's gonna be a lot of different answers to that, and I can kind of bucket it. Uh, the first one is we hear, and that's part of what we do. It's, it's our sensory. We hear words. It's the can. It's the literal words that are coming through the can. That's different than listening. You know, that's the sense of, and the, and, you know, unless you have a disability, there's lots of reasons the brain interferes with just hearing the words. But listening is the skill part. How do you develop the skills to not only hear the words and increase the number of words you hear, but also to understand the meaning? So most, when people think about listening, most of what they know is something called active listening, which is how do you attend to the person that's talking? I, that's been the gold standard. I think it's very, it's underachieving. Uh, I think that's a low bar is let me show you I'm paying attention to you. And while you'll get more out of the conversation, if you do pay attention, it's really hard to do that because it, it's what to do, but not how to do it. And the greatest enemy of listening is our brains. 
So when our brain is in overdrive, which is most of the time these days, it's really hard to listen in the absence of the skill or even hear for that matter. We don't hear much of what's said anyway. Well, I'm glad you pointed out that uh, I can barely, if at all, get to that low bar, <laughs> let, let alone what we're going to get to here, I'm sure. No, so th thanks for setting that stage. Now I'll ask where I was going to go before, which is oftentimes when we, I feel anyway, when we're talking about something cerebral like this, where there's a, a natural process of doing something, and then we have to shift our mind to not just let that happen, but do something else along with it. So mm -hmm. we hear, we might, or yeah, we hear, we might understand and listen a little bit, but then to do it in a way that accomplishes something different or better uh, means you have to think while also hearing and listening in my mind. That, that's kind of mm -hmm. how I kind of put this all together. So how, how do we get to a point where, and obviously we're going to get into how you do some of this uh, as we yeah. cover in the book. So, but to set the stage for people listening to this, as you describe what you're going to do, mm -hmm. how can we listen to you differently now thinking differently while you're, while we're listening to mm -hmm. really absorb what you're about to tell us? <laughs> well, so I, it, the answer is you're not going to, and that's okay. So look for the key takeaway, right? And so whatever that is, and it's what you described is what most people are thinking, like, how do I do this? If they actually put conscious thought to it, and it's quite overwhelming, it, it, you know, because we're all failing to some degree. Most, you know, some of us are better listeners than others, but, but because we don't have any education around it, and when we do, it's usually very minor. I mean, I, I have a master's level in psychology and I'm sort of, I have a certificate from a world renowned facility for structural or systems therapy. And I had zero listening classes, zero Ivy league education, all of it. That's not an uncommon scenario. Um, and so how do we do that? Well, we need to understand that there's what the enemies are and then we need to put some tools in place so the brain doesn't have to do the work. We have to relax our brain, not over-engage our brain, believe it or not. And when we have the right tools, that happens. Um, I believe things should be, hard things should be simple, not necessarily easy, because you do have to re, you have to create some neural pathways to make this happen, but it shouldn't be complicated, if you will. So um, you used the word story earlier. I wanna tell you a quick story about the cans and we know that we learn through stories. We also listen with stories. And um, Marco, you're in you know the Los Angeles area, so you know the same thing, right? How are we listening to stories? So the the story of of how you come to transformational listening that I developed because I have a pretty simple mind is you know if you were backpacking or hiking in the woods, you would not dare for two or three weeks to go in the woods without any supplies or tools in your backpack. And we go in the conversational woods every day with any with being completely unprepared. So imagine you're on the trail and there's there's six foundational tools that get you safely from one side of the, the path to the other and to find the meaning or the insight. And those tools very easily go in your backpack. And when you allow your brain to relax, which the tools help with, the insight finds you rather than you having to overthink it. Is that the map behind you? 
it is. Is that the woods? Is the lessening path? I was looking at that. So let me let me ask you this: So you you go to storytelling, and all of a sudden, I'm listening because I Mm -hmm. love storytelling. And I think that in order for us to do this job, or whatever other job we've done in the past, um, we need to listen. I can't just have a list of ten questions that I'm just gonna. When I hear a pause, I'm just going to ask you something. Although I know that there are people do that, but I, I have one that asks one question I ask the same time ten times. Over. <laughs> but but the point is what you were saying. You know, you need to you need to be prepared. But uh, my, my question is also uh, this, which is we can all improve at something. Mm-hmm. Some it's kind of a natural at it. Mm-hmm. It can still improve. So there's people that are good at telling story. I mean, I'm reading the biography of Walt Disney right now. So talking about telling story. But yeah. but you can always improve. And and listening, though, it's never really talk much. That's why I was intrigued by having this conversation. Mm-hmm. They're always teaching how to, li- to, to tell, mm-hmm. not only how to listen. But is it some people that have something in their personality? Growing up with a certain family, certain condition that put them variables to put them in a better spot of being better listener. There, no question. A, cu- a couple things. So one is, is what what was your upbringing? So part of I had a mother who listened well. I also had a father who listened very well. I was a businessman, and he would say that psychiatry, his own therapy, helped him become even a better listener. But and I see that in my nieces as well. So I can see the family like they do this kind of quote naturally, but they've been surrounded by it. Uh, the other thing is the level of empathy that you're wired with, right? So so the idea is, and we hear this all the time, we've got to be empathetic. And the reality is, I don't believe that you go into a conversation and be empathetic. Listening builds empathy, not the other way around. And the world's expecting us to show up and be, you know, empathic. When I, Some people are saying to me, I, I my wife's more empathic than me or my husband's more empathic than me. So that's because again, we have it backwards. So when you are, when you have the right framework and the right tools, story being the, a big part of that foundation, that really helps the empathy again, come to you. It's like, it's like watching a movie you're intrigued by versus trying to be outside of it so far that you're not sure what's going on. It's hard to connect if you a, don't ask them anything about the emotions or the characters, or you don't know the parts of the story to engage to. It's really hard to retain and it's really hard to care. Just like you're watching a movie. Do, do you have to care? I guess. That's um, a great question. <laughs> do you have to care? <laughs> and, and I know we're, I mean, Marco's in LA, there's this writer's strikes, right? Actors yeah. may go on strike and, the, the striking is to get people to listen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the question, the, the other side of that is, do they care that they're, or don't care enough that they're not listening? Or So I guess that's that question. Well, so I, if I get you, I think you're asking, like, how much does, does the caring affect whether you'll listen or not? Right. Okay. Yeah. So I consider this, like, drug and alcohol rehabilitation. Like sometimes you don't go for yourself to start. Some You have to like, you go for another reason. And that reason might be, I wanna save my family, I wanna save this, my marriage, whatever. But eventually it clicks over into something else. So in, in your example, 
you don't have to care about the other person, but you want to care about what outcome you want. If you care about the outcome, you'll go in to listen. Because listening and agreement are not the same thing. Understanding and agreement are not the same thing. So you can go in to listen to understand, and I fundamentally don't have to agree with anything you say. Uh, and that's the hard part for people because the argumentative part of ourselves, the right wrong brain goes, I don't, listening and being right are the same. And that's not the case. So we, we, that's part of what gets decoupled here. What, what, am, what do I want to accomplish? What am I looking to get done? And that's yeah. how negotiations work. That's how, that's how you come to a closer win-win. And it's also how you convince people to lose more than mm -hmm. they want to give away is, is by understanding first. Well, let, let's go there because I think, I think we've been very uh, talking from a psychological perspective and, you know, storytelling, human being human, uh, family, culture, where we grow up and so forth. Yeah. But part of your book is actually about selling, influencing. And again, we are all made a story. We're all storyteller. Yeah. But what I'm understanding in your book, the point that you're making is, we could probably tell better story if we were listening to our audience and engaging. So it, it become not a one-way communication, but is it two-way that make it better? Am I getting it right? Absolutely getting it. And, and, and so listening isn't passive. You, we, you know, before we started, you said, I talk a lot. I, you should, good listeners do talk a lot. They just know when to talk. Right. And versus. So so let's go to the storytelling thing and I'll weave it back. So we are wired to learn and listen to stories and we like to get information that way. We like to learn that way. But by and large, we are really poor storytellers. We are not. Most of us are not natural storytellers. That's also part of how you grew up and how you're habituated in a little bit. So think about it from the listener standpoint. I'm a terrible storyteller and I'm going to tell you a story and you have no idea where you are in that story. So you have to, you have to, you have to movie board the, 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 through listening, you have to put the storyboard together and we're not taught how to do that. So, so I've had a lot of, I fought the, the world quite a bit from 2010 till about 2019 when everybody wanted me to focus on the storytelling part. And I said, it's really hard to know what story to tell someone if you haven't listened well and gathered the story first, if you know what story, was going to resonate if you understand, then you know how to shape and tell a better story. It also helps you sort out again, so you make other people a better storyteller when you listen well. That's what you're talking about. I don't use the same 10 questions. I ask a question, see where they are in the story, and then I ask another question. Uh, and that's, that's a much more sophisticated way to go about it that most people haven't been taught to do, which is why interviewers and journalists like yourselves are the notoriously better listeners than most, at least in the construct of this environment. I won't judge you outside of this environment, so to speak. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting point um, because I think we, we all live different lives at different moments in time, right? Uh, we <laughs> engage with different people for different reasons, perhaps for different outcomes, right? Family, work, friends, doctors <laughs> and and each one kind of shapes maybe how we how we listen and i'm wondering how how do we 
yeah, I don't know if you know how to ask the question, but how, how do we get to a point where we know the situation we're in? Because like, like for me, depending on what the situation is, I might see three steps ahead of where I think the mm-hmm. person's about to go and I'm already there and they may, ne- may never end up there, right? Right. The, the story fizzles out or or they went to a different path, but I'm there and that's what I'm listening for already as just You're one example. You're shaping the story a bit, and, right? Yeah. 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 So I, and it depends on the situation. If I'm aware of the topic or, mm-hmm. or engaged in a certain way with the person, it changes slightly. So how, how do we recognize that? Or do we need even need we need to recognize that. How do we how do we deal with those situations? I guess is probably a better way to. Well, I th- again, I think it's another good point. So, so you mentioned relationships, and you were men- mentioned business, and businesses are relationships, so uh, they're the same and different. But you know, we we the closer we are to something, the less curious about it we are. So the long, you know, when we're in a relationship, whether it's children, marriages, whatever, the more we know somebody, the less we tend to listen or ask in many ways because we're familiar with. The person so we get less curious the same is true in in business right the more knowledge and experience we have the less with the more we try to problem solve and rush to a new a new point where we want them to go rather than where they're starting so how do you do that you go back to the story aspect of things and the first tool and what so i'll take you back the the problem is what is it costing you not to listen because you can't solve a problem you don't know you have and most people don't know they have that problem even if somebody said to them you don't listen well uh the solution is the listening path and that's the path to understanding and the first tool in that path is what you mentioned which is behind me which is the path the map if you don't know where you are on the map you don't where do you go next right and to use your movie analogy most people when they tell a story start in the middle not at the beginning so they confuse the listener right off the bat most people start with the problem the struggle anything that has you know that's the red herring uh and because that's what they think it is and we we start from that position if it's the beginning of the movie when in fact we're dead in the middle most of the time and so when we learn how to know where we are on the map and then our next, you know, one of our next tools helps with that. Um, when we get the beginning of the movie, the beginning of the story, and we're on the map at the beginning with the person talking, we be, help them become a better storyteller. And then we start guiding them so that we can move them where they need to go to get to the insight. So let's say that you're in, on that path. And as you say, you need to know where you are. Mm-hmm. But let's say that you really are at the beginning of telling a brand story. You're building your own brand. May mm-hmm. that be your personal brand or the company brand, which, you know, it's all potentially based on emotion. You want to tell who you are, why you do something. And you're really, you suck at storytelling. So you yeah. call the you call the pro and you're like, I need to tell a story. This is what we do. It's dry you know, let's let's build a story. So if someone or even in a in everyday uh, relationship, everyday life is really not good at talking, (laughs) where does this path begin for them? A few tips on, first of all, realizing that maybe you're not a good storyteller at all or or a good listener at all, which I think it goes together. Yeah. So how, how you do realize that and what can you do to start improving? your your situation and, and your outcome 
and not losing. Well, when you're when you're building your own story, you're listening to yourself. That's that's the ironic part is that, I know that. Yeah. you're gathering your own story, which is why I'm I've been fighting the world and saying we've got to gather before we tell because if I don't know myself, right? I also start. Most people start. We we do help with this. We're we're with a customer next week where we're helping 37 leaders build their why they do what they do story and what what it's a purpose driven thing to engage their employees. So if you, again, you have to know where you are on the path. The good news is when we've already taught them how to listen. So now they're ready to start listening to themselves because they know the mm. tool. So they'll use the listening tools to build their own story. So, you know, this well, when you're telling a story, you need a beginning, middle and an end, right? What you'll notice on, on our path is there's four stops. That's our second tool. There's a beginning, a struggle, a tipping point and what we call a new beginning. So on the brand side of yourself, whether it's your company or yourself, you've got to go back to the beginning. The beginning's about you, your company, where you started, your purpose, why you do what you do and whatever struggles you went through, finding that tipping point to, to why you deliver today. It's, it's inside out though. Once I talk about myself, now I got to talk about my customer. So the new beginning is what's in it for the listener, the, not for the teller. And that's the part most people miss. I got to first talk about myself and then talk about why I do what I do and how it helps my customer. What most people do is they scrub out all the emotion. They talk about just what they do and not the meaning of why they do it. And then, then at the end, they leave out what's in it for them, for the, for the, for the end user. And when you do both me and you, now you're connected on the path. And now I'm more interested in learning more about you, whether it's your company or an individual. Uh, we don't need emotion anyway. Screw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, and I'm not going to go down this path. We can maybe at some point if you want to, but just the, the idea of artificial intelligence helping to tell our stories, which as we know, it kind of lacks in one of those areas that are important that you just mentioned. So um, I wanted to... Maybe kind of, I've, I've been all over the place from the the uh, psychological inward looking perspective, but I want to go to a business where I spend a lot of time in in uh, corporate America, and yet you have a stat on your site about meetings and how much money companies waste from meetings. And I've I've been in in roles and companies where ninety percent of the day was meetings, and the rest of it was planning for meetings. Yeah. And, and then, uh, yeah, at some point you, you actually did something to figure out how to, how to produce results. Mm -hmm. Um, and then other times like Mark and I, maybe the other extreme where we feel we need to meet more often and we're so busy that yeah. maybe don't meet enough. And mm -hmm. so we're probably not listening in a different way and it's costing us as well. Mm -hmm. So to that point, um, what can you share with, with our listeners that says, Here's how you un recognize what the right amount is, mm -hmm. the right who the right people are, how you define the, the outcome, successful outcome for it. <laughs> um, maybe a, a little story around, around meetings, if you can, because I, I, I presume a lot of people have the, that same situation. Well, it's painful, right? It's painful. So, it, so you have the multiplier effect when you have meetings, right? Because what now 
one person's listening, Christine's listening, Sean's listening, Martha's listening, and we're all hearing different things. And then we're all going off. You have a question, I have a question, and it's not organized, right? It's just, it's just a multitude of, of brain like squirrel. Uh, even more if- than two cans. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a big deal. And then the, on the other side, when you don't feel you have enough time, so so part about uh, about listening for insight and and knowing where you are on the map is that that you need to be proficient and efficient. This is both. Because time matters and, you know, getting to things quickly, it's a slowdown to speed up. The first slowdown is you have to listen, learn to listen, because you don't just go out on the golf course for the first time after hitting the golf ball one time and expect to get down. Maybe some do. It doesn't really work that way. So you have to slow down and build the muscles a little bit. Uh, We figured out how to do that very efficiently as well. But then, so that's a slowdown. And then you have to realize until you practice a little, it's going to take a little longer at the beginning, but the more you do it, the faster. So I always say Tom Brady can throw a football and so can I. He's a little better at it, right? He's practiced a little bit more probably, uh, although I'm pretty good throwing a ball. Um, so, so that's the first thing. The other thing is if you don't have a common language, how do you know how to organize? And so one of the things that happens with our customers and clients is that now they know when they're getting off the path and all it takes is one person to reference the tools and they're back on track. So it's part of how you think about how you communicate. And because we're always focused on telling, talking, knowing, we don't lens back. We don't have any common language around that. That really hurts the organization. So sometimes you need to speed up and there's ways to get more efficient with the tools. And sometimes you need to slow down to make sure you're uncovering the insight. And most of it's around, let's align where we are versus just going off. And meetings start, we didn't, we don't know where we left off and we don't know where we're going next. And it's just a lot in the middle that often doesn't really lead to much. Okay, so we, we started with the, the personal, internal storytelling, right? I love when you said, if you don't know your story, what the hell are you going to say? So if I don't have a goal, if I don't have an objective, why mm-hmm. am I telling this story? And who's my audience, of course. Uh, so I'm kind of going into the, the, the advertising branding part where then you discuss about the internal communication. So the, the brand becomes, they know their story, they mm-hmm. know how to present themselves. Yep. Now we have to represent that consistency with the way that we think to our product and our service. And so how do you do we communicate with the audience? And I found in myself in my own experience that many times there is not alignment there, which is kind of like a, it's almost like a schizophrenic story where yeah. the company act in a way, but we want to project ourselves to be completely different. And that that's really bad, right? It's so bad. once you know, who, yeah. So once you know who you are, and now mm-hmm. as a company, your goal is to sell your product. Now, how how do you connect that? How do you do brand co- cohesion and be a unique, also genuine brand? Because nowadays mm-hmm. you can't really lie your way out of it anymore. Well, the audience sees through it. The customers see through right. it. That's what you just described. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you said something really interesting that we do talk about a lot and most people don't think about is that you can have the best vision or story 
And you can even execute on that well, but it's really alignment where most things fall down. And alignment is about buy-in and, and being clear about really how we're gonna how we're gonna make that vision come to fruition. And so so that happens internally in organizations, and that's usually what gets it very clogged up when it goes to get to an external nature. And it's largely because again, we it's about exchanging perspectives when you're really getting that alignment. And that dialogue, because it's two-way, and it's not about all agreement, but it is about making sure there is alignment, that there's a lot of assumptions made, and then things really can fall apart, whether that's assumptions about who your audience is out there and how they're going to interpret it, what really is important versus not important. Marketing's going to say one thing, product's going to say another, then the People know when you're confused and not clear. So the time spent on the alignment piece, that communication piece is very, very important. And it does solve a lot of the end user problem. It solves that outside perspective once it's internally really well aligned. So what I'm, what I'm hearing, of course, this supports your business, <laughs> I, I presume, but... Um, I mean, it's one thing to recognize this for yourself. And let's say I'm, I'm the executive of an organization. Mm -hmm. And so I really focus on listening and understanding my story and, and defining the outcome and have a nice path to that. But if I don't have a team that listens well, <laughs> I'm going to miss out on that, that true alignment. It may sound aligned. Yeah, uh, because I listen. Right, <laughs> I've learned it, but but perhaps if I do listen and my team is not trained to be good listeners, then then perhaps I will recognize that I don't have alignment. But so I guess my point is, it can't just be one; it has to be most or yeah. all. Well, right? let me tell you where that came from for me too. So so I've always done this work in some aspect of my business from when I started very, very young in my career, when I was a, a therapist and I worked in, then I worked in organizational development work for a, an employee assistance program for a, a number of years. And then I started my own executive coaching business. And uh, I, what happened is I couldn't scale me one, that was a problem. And two, I got really tired of having the same conversations over and over again, because it didn't matter who I was talking to. Most of the problems around the, was around what people misunderstood. And I just helped unwind the misunderstandings uh, with collaboratively a lot. Um, and so I, I'm like, this is crazy. There's gotta be a better way to intervene. I can, I can continue to make a decent living doing this, but it wouldn't, I'm just, I'm band-aiding things rather than dealing with the root cause. And the root cause is, and this is for everyone, most of us think we're better listeners than we actually are. Uh, Harvard Business Review did research on this. It's like driving. If I said, how good are you? Most people are going to think they're better than they actually are. And so even when we go, and what I can prove and have, we can show people is even when they intend to listen well, their questions and their problem solving and all the other inhibitors will take over. And they're going to fall down more than they would if they had the skills and the right tools and a simpler process. So there's a miss there in just self-eval. And then you're right, it only takes one to miss something really important and you don't have the alignment. So creating a common language 
is really a big part of this. I mean, I can tell you my own uh, significant other as well as my team will use my own stuff on me. And sometimes when I'm frustrated, I go, hey, don't you try that because I know exactly what they're doing, but it doesn't matter because it feels good. It's like, I love it. Tell, ask me how I feel. Ask, use the questions that we, there's six powerful questions. You don't need a hundred. You need six, by the way. You need to know how to tell somebody their own story back to them because that's the most powerful story you can tell someone. And we call that the flashlight. How do you summarize? How do you become a storyteller to the person that just told you a story? You, you summarize and, and shine a light on what they said, and you will have an amazing connection with that person. And it doesn't matter if you agree because you get me uh, is, a, is a different way of feeling. So these are the things that excite people. I, we're developing, a, we're work, we, we do this with our clients, our corporate clients. We have a game that teaches this through, it's a board game. Imagine the old style, you know, Monopoly, so to speak. And I had friends over, we played the, the game, two people that didn't know each other. And I, you would have thought that I gave them candy all night or something or something in the candy because they were just giddy because guess what? They were understood in a way that they're not used to. And we're given the space to share more about themselves in playing the game. Uh, and it was it's transformative, not only for the person learning how to listen, but for the one listened to. And that's what's so fun and exciting to me. Yeah. yeah. Marco, I mean, we, we've had, I don't know, how many of the, of the thousands of podcasts have we done of have we talked about the disconnect between the and this might be a little off topic for you christine but it connects back the disconnect between security leaders and business leaders on the very point of a common language common terminology common understanding common goals the the inability for understanding how to tell the story and listen to things in a way that they connect and get giddy. You want them to be giddy. Instead, they everybody sits there and goes, "What the hell did they say?" Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, well, especially because most of this conversation were in the realm of cybersecurity, which has always right. been really damn boring. I mean, I I need coffee sometimes, but the the conversation has been switching a lot mm. when it wasn't technical anymore and i think we have a lot to do with it in the conversation we had well, we're like point. you guys need to tell stories your yeah. brand is not just a box with the next update on the software this is what the, what's the problem you solve what's the emotion that you trigger, yeah. and, and all of that so but it's beautiful because people now we hear about storytelling any conference you go they bring people from you know, an athlete or a, somebody in the movie industry or somebody that is a comedian and it's like, what has that to do with cybersecurity? Well, it's going to help to tell the story. So um, I think, yeah, we're, we're kind of knowing each other a little bit more, uh, even when we look at AI and other things that we think that can produce a story for us, but doesn't. And I'm not going to go there. What I'm going to do, I'm going to close this conversation because otherwise we're going to go forever. I'm going to remind the people that what is it costing you not to listen is the title of the book. And uh, talking to our listener, I hope 
they listen. I hope uh, now they can retell this story to other people, share it. And uh, definitely they'll find everything they need to know about your book, about your organization and yourself in the note for this podcast. So I want to thank you so very much. And I hope we were a good listener or good enough. (laughs) Did we pass? Did we pass the test? More than passed. More than passed. I could tell you exactly what you did well if you want, but there's probably not enough time for that. If you want that to you. Uh, go go oh, with the no. longer list of where I didn't uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have time for that. Well, we, we can have people put the comments and, and, right. and, and, and let guess. Everybody else, let everybody else judge do, me right. and Marco. Uh, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Look, looking forward to that. <laughs> I'll listen yeah. to all that feedback. Now, this has been amazing. Thanks for, uh, thanks for enlightening me even more than I thought I would be today. And uh, yeah, looking forward to, to reading the book. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. Pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals with Marco Ciappelli. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then add this show to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and share the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to connect your brand to our conversations and our audience, visit itspmagazine.com to learn how to sponsor one or more of our shows. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey.